Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, especially 14-year-olds this week, how you doing? Welcome to the Con and Bob podcast. Remember last week how I alienated 14-year-olds? And they, they got mad at me, all right? Those kids got mad at me. No, I'm joking. There, no, 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 four, no 14-year-old kids uh, got mad at me. But yeah, I, I started off the podcast by saying, screw 14-year-olds. So there you go. <laughs> This podcast is especially for you, you 14-year-olds. Uh, but welcome, Bob. How you doing, man? That, si- that side of the podcast <laughs> is uh, is for you. <laughs> Just right here. Wait. This side is for everyone. So you're, you're mature audiences only, and I'm like the 14-year-olds yeah. over here. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm the... I'm, <laughs> I'm the... <laughs> I'm the Attitude Era, and you're the PG. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. It's true, but come on. <laughs> oh, 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 buddy, man. Frag. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, man, how, how you been? Yeah, how you been? Let's, let, let's talk about you. How you been? Good, good. Just, uh, you know, just enjoying my fresh haircut that I uh, showed off last week. Yeah. You know? The the villain the villain Bob Club uh so the guy named like the villain in our live chat he was a fan of your haircut dude he loves it <laughs> yeah I I like it man this is like I'm gonna keep it this way because I'm still trying to grow the top uh because I'm an angel sent from heaven above and I'm <laughs> donating it um, oh wait but, really oh um, sweet man yeah. good for you good for you yeah I'm a, I'm a hero man. <laughs> <laughs> Gives himself a pat a heel, on the back. It's seriously a heel version. Like, yeah, good for me. Good for me. Yeah, good for me. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's nice. But I'm, uh, I like the short side. So I literally, by the time I donate it, it's gonna be a little Pete Dunesque. Man, because <laughs> it's gonna be a bit long on top. Well, you're right? gonna have to give us the big reveal once it happens. Like, we need, we need the inside scoop on Bob's haircut right here on the con and bob podcast maybe maybe i'll film the uh we will film the actual cut for the donation yo let's let's do that SummerSlam weekend grow it all the way to SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> if it's long enough by summer have Slam. this Hopefully long it is, but... have this long long hair like alistair black just dripping down your back oh yeah. oh get dude you're gonna Hopefully be it's long enough by then but i don't know that it will be because that would be really cool to to do at SummerSlam weekend do some sort of bob's haircut yeah. and donate it to uh Whatever, right? Um, but let's talk about Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, so obviously, Wrestling. you know, what immediately, what was your thoughts on the week? Did you like this week or, or were you a little bit um, thrown off at times? So I really liked this week for, uh, again, like the wrestling, nothing was, it's almost like last week too. The wrestling wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. There was yeah. good, there was meh, whatever, most of it. But the actual like storytelling and development and moving forward is what had me hooked. There were some. I I will agree with you on that. Like there were some stories that definitely moved ahead. There are some stories that literally are moving in quicksand and moving behind. Like I'm talking yeah. Natalia Ruby Riot. What the hell? Why did that go backwards? Yeah, no, so much? sorry. I, I meant I meant yeah. the major story. Okay, so major storylines. Yeah. Yeah, like the major WrestleMania esque storylines. Those um really. Like kept me engaged. Okay, kept me good. So like those you're, ones, there were a lot of dumb, stupid little things. There were, like, ah. there there were so many dumb little stupid things this week. I like, like you said, I thought as well. You know the the main events where all the writing is being focused on with WWE. Yeah, like you know it's been good. That's been good yeah. stuff. Like the whole Becky Ronda Charlotte thing. Uh, the the feud over on SmackDown Live with Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. Like the main stories are getting good writing right now 
But the other stuff is just getting so, so writing. So why don't we dive right into it, man? As we start off with Roman Reigns. Before, sorry, before we go, okay, yep. um, you'll all notice that I am wearing the con man <laughs> hat today. And why is that, man? It's because I'm wearing a Navy crew neck and it goes better with it than the black. And We both I, know that's really not the true reason. I, you are a diehard con fan at heart. You know, like you just, you probably sit in your room just listening to con man videos on repeat and just be no. like, oh man, I wish I could be con, but now I got to be Bob. I've never instead. seen one actually. Do you do, you do videos <laughs> on this channel? Uh, the occasional one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, why don't you start us off with Roman Reigns Tell us a little bit about him Alright, Roman uh, Roman comes out Cuts a good promo It was a good promo Calls out uh, Seth Rollins It was a good promo And he Seth Roll- I loved that they had Seth come out And be like, oh yeah, you know As soon as I win this title like You're the number one in line mm-hmm. And Roman's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about That's not why I called you out here I called you out here because I want to get the band back together. And I'm like, ugh. So, yes. I got to ask you immediately. The band getting back together. The Shield. Roman is turning heel. Okay, we can have a conversation with this. You think Roman's going to turn heel. I don't, I don't necessarily think it, but I think it could happen. Definitely I could. I think it would be a very intriguing way, and I think it would be huge. Because for him to come back as this mega hero mega hero Mm -hmm. right and then all of a sudden be like oh i'm the heel now like that's how we could lead to dean ambrose versus roman reigns like maybe at wrestlemania and see i'm still thinking we get dean ambrose versus roman reigns at wrestlemania but i don't in a face versus face no i don't i think dean ambrose is going back heel hey his his whole turn has been so weird his whole resentment with the shield has been weird. The, the whole storyline building to this comeback of the, the shield is weird. And at the end of the day, we still have not heard anything from Dean Ambrose why he targeted Roman Reigns. Why he went after him uh, with the leukemia and all that. Why, why was he such a dick? He burnt his shield vest, right? These are not the characteristics yeah. of a guy who wants to be aligned with them. He came back down to the ring to save them, but I believe that is essentially just his payback, or not payback, just his his thank you for them doing the same thing the previous week. They came down to save him. He felt bad enough that, you know, they saved him last week. He's got to go save them now. And I think that's where the story lies, not the fact that Dean Ambrose is really 100% with the shield. Even though he put his fist in the middle, I think there's something more here, man. I think there is. I was thinking about that too, and I was thinking about the ass. Well, I was thinking about future mm-hmm. term. If Roman goes heel, you can get a heel Roman face Seth Rollins rival for over the Universal Title. Yep, you can. Right, uh, and it would be great mm-hmm. if Roman goes heel. It would be a weird heel turn because it would probably initially be like a turn heel mainly on Dean Ambrose for what Dean Ambrose did, which isn't really a heel turn, but it's heel because it's like, oh no, it's okay. You know, I want to get the band back together. Come in, trust me. And then betrays him. I get where you're going. And then Dean could just be like the face, like, oh, you know, I was going through some stuff or whatever. And nah. And then Roman can just gradually get more and more 
dickish. I get what you're saying. Trust me. I understand where you're coming from. There's no way after Roman Reigns just beat leukemia, put it into remission, is starting up charities, going around the world with Make-A-Wish foundations for patients of leukemia, trying to spread a positive message, saying he has new meaning, and he is finally... Hold up. And he is finally getting over with the crowd. You do not turn him heel now. You do not. That is the one time you don't turn him heel. (laughs) If... Now, yes, but if WWE were going to turn him heel... Like, it's not beyond WWE to do that. No, it's... it's Like, I won't be, like, crazy shocked if they turned him heel. I'd be like, okay. I agree with you on that there. Okay, you got me. You got... But also, the, the charity stuff and all that, forget about that because... I can't! Stephanie McMahon, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon has been a heel for her entire But it's different. Career, it's different. She's the most saint of a woman. But it's different. She's the greatest woman alive. That's it's Stephanie like, McMahon. It's like Stephanie McMahon, Michelle Obama. <laughs> you, no, it's this... like Stephanie McMahon is an amazing human being. She's never, like, she's never, uh, she, she has, but never really truly been a face, right? So when you look back on her career, it's like, oh, Steph was pretty much a career heel. Yeah, okay. I agree with you on that. There's just a difference, though, between Stephanie McMahon, a backstage character, and a guy who little kids are looking up to, who have just seen him defeat one of the biggest things that you can ever, you can ever go through, right? Mm-hmm. If, you were, if you wanted to turn him heel, they would have done it a long time ago. Vince is drooling on the fact that he's getting Roman Reigns' babyface chance. He's not turning heel. Yeah, that's yep. the other thing too. Like they probably won't because he's so over with the crowd right now. Mm-hmm. But fantasy booking, how they could turn him heel. Okay, hear fantasy. All right, I'll hear you out here. Backstage video. They have a camera crew following him. He's going around the world to make a wish foundations. Little kid, you're my hero. I have leukemia too. Like, oh my god, can I get your autograph? Can I get a picture with you? Takes a picture, right? Boom. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Kids crying. Roman's crying. Crying. He turns around, goes to walk away. Kid's walking away. He turns back, looks at the kid. The kid goes, he's like, hey, kid. Kid turns around. Roman just runs and Superman punches this child. That's how he turns What? What? And it's all, it's on WWE Network. They show it on Monday Night Raw. Becca, Bob just said (laughs) Roman Reigns should Superman punch a little kid who is a kid. What? No, Bob! (laughs) Bob! Uh, I am so glad you're not hearing this right now. Oh my god. He'd be the most hated human. You don't punch a freaking kid! (laughs) What the? In all fairness, I didn't say how old the kid was. I didn't say how old the kid was. You implied it. (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry, but a 20 year old (laughs) is not there. You're talking of a little kid. (laughs) Like 17. Like Like 17, maybe, on the verge (laughs) of becoming an adult. No, you're not behind this fantasy book? No, no, no. <laughs> I am not. You don't go punching little kids. Uh, oh, my God, man. Wrestling this. <laughs> I don't know if we can even continue from that. Um, regardless, uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I liked the segment. I thought that it was really good. Dean came out and they got attacked by Elias. It was a good uh, way to follow up and at least, you know, a good overar- <laughs> overarching theme for the night. I don't even know who you are, man. Like, this is good. It was good. a good this way is... to open the show. Oh. Okay. And it was solid and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll, we'll move on. Let's get off from our mates. So, uh, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre versus uh... Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman. I uh, so yep. Corbin Lashley McIntyre pick up the win and they were obviously building towards a shield versus this what did they yeah. call themselves the premier athletes of raw or the premier athletes of the world or something like that something stupid yeah um I feel bad for McIntyre I did, li- I did like their backstage segment like their interview it wasn't bad Corbin sounded good on the mic I'll give him he credit did. there he sounded Honestly, very good like- one question, though. I, I got to ask you something. Do you think the heels are completely forgotten that he is not the general manager of Raw anymore? Because why are they doing his bidding? Seriously, why are they doing Baron Corbin's bidding? He doesn't hold any power anymore. It's a little weird, especially somebody like, but especially somebody like Drew McIntyre, who just dumped his buddy Drew, like uh, Dolph Ziggler to go out on his own, and now he's in this trio. I would have rather, you know, see the trio of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre stay together for a longer time. I, I, I think... He, uh, with Dolph, I think it was like, he was tired of carrying Dolph's weight. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Baron and Bobby, I think that he feels as though they can carry their own weight. And I get that from a storyline. Better, line. better yeah. than Dolph. Okay, I get that from a storyline point. So I won't nitpick that one too much. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it's a, it's a weird combo of the three. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. we've said it many times, you know, it's probably one of the most uninteresting factions that you could put together in terms of getting us to buy into storylines like it's just three big men right there's no extra dynamics um you you got drew mcintyre who's a star in the making right now but this doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's his program right so the eyes aren't on it it baron corbin you know is essentially just the casual fans heel and that's what this match is going to be so at least you know the uh, the trio got the win over balor angle and Strowman. i love the finish of braun Strowman crashing through the barricade with his run around the outside yeah Oh my god, Leo looked like he was in rough shape. Uh, Leo Rush, though, credit to him. He is killing it in like oh, the last few weeks. Amazing. Absolutely killing it. Amazing. Yep. Um, I also like how Braun Strowman got built up in this match to be a little bit better, you know? He looked like he was a little more feared, and the only reason he wasn't in the finish of the match was because he went crashing through the barricade. I, 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 liked, I liked it. I liked the, um, like the awareness and the... Um, like pace that the trio of McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin went at mm-hmm. as soon as they saw Strowman go through. I agree. Because yeah. they, they went, oh, first of all, they're now outnumbered. Second of all, their biggest, most powerful, most dangerous guy is now taken out for, a, we don't know how long it's going to be. We need to act. We need to act now. Mm-hmm. And so they I went I after really the smallest guy. That. And I liked how they did that. Um, I also really liked like this match in general. I thought it was just solid. I thought there was good, like it was just a good, solid wrestling match. But I really liked, um, like if you're gonna do a three v three, I like the way that this is kind of three guys that each of them have something going on with the other three guys. Right? It's like almost a little New Japanish how New Japan kind of does that. Just throws these things like interacting one-on-one storylines and it's like okay well you guys team up with these guys and these guys 
and then all of you. But in on top of that, the aspect that one of those two trios is already a trio. Mm-hmm. Like they've already basically established themselves as a trio, but they still have these one-on-one storylines with people. Yeah, definitely a fan of it. That was cool. Yeah, definitely a fan of that. Uh, it just makes sense from a basic booking standpoint. You know, mm-hmm. you have you have feuds going on, multi-man match. You know, you can yeah. tell stories inside the ring. You can have people pin the other person. You can have people pin other people to say they get a win over top of that person. It's a very easy transitional match to get to, you know, the big conclusion of the feud or whatever it may be or to reach the next point in the feud. I'm a big fan of multi-man matches. Fatal four-ways, triple threats, uh, six-man tags. Those are great storytelling matches, right? You can tell so many different stories in one segment. I I love them. I'm glad to see, though, that... um, they're at least trying to build up Strowman again. Like I said, he he has he lost so much steam for so long mm-hmm. that at least they have been spotlighting him. And over the past couple of weeks with these uh, these matches, he's getting like hot tags. He's he's coming back. He's destroying people. He's he's fitting into the role that got him over in the first place. You know, yeah. being a, a Neanderthal who just runs through people in the ring. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine for me. Fine character for and Braun Strowman. If they want to, if they want to keep growing him too, what they should do is at WrestleMania, he has a tag team championship opportunity, and Nicholas comes back out, and he betrays Nicholas. <laughs> he power slams Nicholas in the center of the ring. What do you want? Do you do you want Roman Reigns to come out and Superman punch that kid too? Like yes. Oh, and then Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman are a tag team. What is your child abuse? <laughs> Like, what is the reason for all this child abuse? I don't understand it, man. Uh, God, like. <sighs> no, I agree, though. I like, uh, I like Braun Strowman, how he felt in that match. I thought everybody, I mean, it. Finn took the pin, right? Yes, Finn took the pin off of a spear from Bobby Lash, Lashley, though, which yeah. was good. I, I like that because what it does is it tells the story of Bobby Lashley picking up a clean pinfall over top of Finn on the go-home show before what's likely going to be a... Or, or, they're going to have a, a match for the IC title at some point, right? Like yeah, at, at some point, they're going to get that match. So this gives Bobby Lashley a clean win over him. Finn Balor should probably win the the match against Bobby Lashley to get out of that mm-hmm. feud. But it just gives Bobby Lashley a reason, you know, to challenge for the title again. I think where we are right now, who are our mid, uh, not what, what's the thing that I'm mid card title. Yep. Like our mid-card titles holders, the Intercontinental and the now United States champion. I like I like who they are. I think it should stay that way for a little bit. I am a fan. Yep. I absolutely hundred percent agree. So I don't think Finn should be losing it anytime soon. I just I also don't think that he should have been pinned. Because I I love Finn. Yeah, I love Finn. Honestly, Angle should be taking the pin in that match. He should be. That's what I thought yeah. too. Just but at the end of the day, it's it. the reason why they did it was, you know, just Finn Balor got distracted on the outside. There's your cop out for him losing. Uh, and Bobby Lashley pinning him gives Bobby Lashley another reason to go after the IC title. Um, and then the yeah. aspect of them attacking Finn after also like factors yep. in. He's the one that's in the ring. He's right there. Everyone else is out. Do it. Yep. Uh, it, at the end of the day, it probably is just going to build up more fan support for Finn Balor. And hopefully mm-hmm. we won't be putting the title back on Bobby Lashley. Okay, let's go on to the next match that I've got a massive problem with. Natalia versus Ruby Riot. What I don't like about this immediately is... Well, actually, let me take you back, all right? Let me take you back to this very start of the match. I was praising 
for the fact that they put them back in there at the very start of the match. Because I thought Ruby Riot coming off of a massive, massive two matches against Ronda Rousey. First match mm-hmm. she lost in no time because she didn't have the Riot squad out there with her. Second match, she took Ronda freaking Rousey to her limit because mm-hmm. also the Riot squad was out there. This match... Natalia just had the feud with Ruby Riot not too long ago. You gave Natalia the win, and then she has been left doing nothing, right? Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad are a legitimate faction, and with a tag team division right now, you want to be building them up. They put her back in there against Natalia, and in no time had her lose. With the Riot Squad still out there. So you're telling us yeah. every single fan watching at this very moment. That she can take Ronda freaking Rousey to her limit, but can't pin Natalia, and she gets beat by her in like what four minutes? Yeah, it was a short match. It was a roll up, so like I guess that's fine. No, not that but, either. It's not not with I, these guys' not history. Not with the history they have, right? No, I mean fine in the sense like she didn't tap out. She didn't beat her. It was a roll up, but it was too quick, and also like the wrong person. Like if you're gonna. Why is Natalia beating Ruby Riot? Exactly. Behind, behind Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, who is Raw's number one threat to the championship? Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. So why is Natalia beating Ruby Riot that easily, that quickly? If Natalia beat Sarah Logan. Or, or should I say Sarah Rowe now? Ah, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Um, or if Natalia beat Liv Morgan. Those would well, make like, sense. That, like, do that. It makes more sense. But like, Ruby can riot the leader of the riot squad, the like person, like you said, who had just taken Ronda to her limits and literally like hell of a show and she saved herself essentially with that match alone because of how shitty the booking was at elimination chamber Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden then on monday night raw she has an incredible match and we literally said ourselves elimination chamber was stupid this match should have been on elimination chamber Mm -hmm. okay ruby's back there ruby is there for me she's she's right there but no let's let natalia who, and you know how much I love Natalia, one of the best technician, like wrestlers Future Hall of in Famer. the WWE, definitely one of the top technician wrestlers on the women's roster. And I'm like, yeah, no, I like to see her do good things. I like to see her beat people like Liv Morgan or Tamina or whatever, that type of thing. But I do not want to see her beat Ruby Riot. Unless your plan is to have Natalia be the next challenger for the championship. Absolutely agree. Couldn't have said it any better myself, man. That is, you're, you're dead on. There is no reason for it. And especially when, like you with the Riot Squad out there, right? With the Riot Squad out there. You, that's just the biggest lack of attention to detail I think I have seen in a while with WWE. Mm-hmm. The whole reason why Ronda beat Ruby so quickly was because she didn't have the riot squad out there. That was the story you were telling us. I thought it was a crap, crap, crap story to tell at the time because it doesn't make that big of a difference. But if that's a story you're going to tell, tell it consistently. 
All right. Maybe it's because Natalia <sighs> trained Ronda and helped her get adjusted to the WWE. And that's why she's so much better than Ronda. Yeah, but if that's the case, she then tell that story. Be... Like, no, think about that. That should have been the story I being know, told no, there. I, I, Ruby so Riot. It's so dumb. When when Natalia and Ruby Riot had their feud with Jim the Anvil Neidhart passing and all that, and they gave Natalia the win, right? If you wanted to move on to a Ronda Natalia feud, that would have been the time. If that was a story you were trying to tell, but instead they moved to Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey. Yep. It's. It just can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's go to the Triple H promo. Um, let's go to the best segment of the week. Okay, so this is your top segment of the week, eh? The the Triple H promo. Triple H is my MVP. All right, let's gonna, let's hear. I'm gonna reveal you go, that right now. You got it, then, man. Tell the fans, fans. <laughs> this man was so captivating during this promo. To me, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everyone. Obviously, whatever. You like what you like. I like what I like. Yep. This man was so captivating. I love that they were breaking the fourth wall. I'm a little bit disappointed that he didn't say you're going to be stepping in the ring with the man, Paul. Mm-hmm. Or Paul of. I, I thought he should have said Paul. Or I Paul think he Levesque. forgot. I think he was supposed to. I think it slipped, <laughs> to be quite but honest. Yeah. I loved pretty much everything about this segment. I love... It's getting me hyped, and I'm like, I'm legitimately just picturing a brawl, like a full blown. Like I, this match can't have stipulate, like needs a stipulation. No holds like no barred. Yeah, no holds barred street fight esque, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, like knock the man out type of match, and I'm so excited, and I love how he how he broke the wall, like I said, and he was like, really, you're gonna. And you can feel the face turn of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon later on, which I'll get to, coming. And I I honestly think that WWE is building toward Steph and Triple H taking over the WWE. And Vince will be gone. All right. I, I, I can I, see that. Uh, gone. Like, gone. But he's not going to have a as step much back. creative control. He's, he's older. He's probably like, I got to take a step back. I got to... Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I legitimately think that it's building toward this is now your guys' company. Do it and do it right. And Triple H is such a bad, badass. He's B A M F, right? He is one. Yeah. B, oh man, he is one bad mother. Like it. This I'm literally watching it and I'm getting chills throughout it. And I'm like, like literally, like drooling at the mouth waiting for this fight now i'm like this is a fight it is it is not a wrestling match i love that he richard fleer like the littlest things like the little things the little things yeah the richard fleer bit i love the oh really you're gonna do the cookie cutter like bad guy thing dave dave i'm like Give me it now. Okay. I don't want WrestleMania. And literally, I will tell you this. As soon as that segment was on and he started getting into that heated moment, I I, I don't think that the promo was even done. And I wrote down, I literally opened up and I just told you 15, 20 minutes ago, I don't make my notes while I watch. Mm -hmm. I do my notes after. But I literally opened it and made a separate note after, like, 
immediately. MVP, Triple H. Triple H, okay. It's the third segment, fourth segment, sorry, fourth segment of Monday Night Raw. I haven't watched anything else, and I'm like, Triple H is my MVP no matter what happens this week. He was he 100% was great. He was great. Because of that segment. He was great. I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poke out one little detail that I will say I don't want to be the focus of this. Okay? There is so many good things about breaking the fourth wall, mm. making the fight feel real, making, uh, you know, the match feel bigger. Right? Dave, Paul, this feels like, you know, it's going to be a fight, like you said. What I don't like, though, is when you have some other matches on the card that are as just as vicious right just as uh like you know just as aggressive let's talk about the becky lynch ronda rousey feud right sort of thing in charlotte flair you are calling this match real but in process you're calling the other matches going on fake right you're saying yeah this is gonna be a real match folks it's all good this is gonna be a real fight this is the one that you don't know what's gonna happen this is gonna be a real fight the other ones we've already know that it's all scripted. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Whatever. But this fight is real. That's the only well, thing I don't like about that. However, it made the segment feel a lot stronger. It made the characters feel a lot bigger. And I, that's the only tiny nitpicking thing I will say. Other than that, loved every little bit of the segment. And I, I also loved hearing you know like them say their real names, like Dave and all that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just the, the mention of real. That... Sorry, just sorry. One sec. The mention yeah. of real. I just don't like that, mm. right? Because we have to suspend our disbelief while watching wrestling to begin with. Let's not remind us that it's not real. I I think the only match not to compare it to would be the Triple Threat Women's match because they've already kind of talked about how like how and they did a great job later in the night how Ronda was like I. Like I could spit in your direction mm-hmm. and break your nose. Like I will, and that type of thing. I think that match is probably right there with it in the aspect of like, okay, this blurring. Has a funny but here's feel. the thing that they're blurring the lines of reality, right? Like that's mm. what they're doing in that match. Triple H and Dave Batista are straight up. Reality. They're just try. They're straight up trying to relay the fact that this is reality. We know it's a work. All of us fans know it's a work. Yeah. But they are trying to promote that as reality. And the other stories, they do a better job at just trying to blur the lines. Think of Kofi Kingston being pulled out by Vince McMahon, right? The fans are cheering for Kofi and he gets pulled out. That is blurring the lines of reality, right? Because Vince McMahon, this is totally not anything racist here, but Vince McMahon has not really pushed black superstars in the, in the past towards the top, right? Definitely not supposed to be me trying to what? to say a racist thing or anything. That That is just the cold, hard truth. So fans are going to buy into that with the Kofi Kingston thing. Him being removed from the main event, that is blurring the lines of reality. Mm. Saying this is real and that everything else is essentially put on fake, let's not do that let's just focus on blurring the lines of reality keep calling him dave keep saying you're in there with paul but don't say directly that this is going to be real you know what i mean does that make sense how i'm coming across there yeah i i i understand that i um i think from the individual standpoint of or the individual promo standpoint i loved every second of it it. yeah but in the grand scheme of things they got to be careful with that yeah Yeah. there we go cool I love though too. Just side note, the um, I'll come. Like, you want me to come to your house? Do you want to come to mine? Mm. Like, 
I would love like, it. Oh my the, god, dude! If oh the, if oh they replayed god. like the Randy Orton Triple H house invasion angle with Batista and Trips again, dude, I would mark out so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, there was a note that I wanted to ask you about. Yep. Which this kind of relates to, because these are two older superstars that are very, I guess, old school ish mm-hmm. in the aspect of very character driven, very over the top like character. And when I, um, did you hear Taker's criticisms, I guess this, I think it was from this week. No, I didn't. I, I heard it. So Undertaker was interviewed. I thought it was from this week. Uh, cause he was talking about like Ricochet and Aleister Black and this new crop and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was that. And, uh, he said how these newer stars are amazing athletes, but they're very move focused and wrestling isn't about the moves. It's about the story that you tell. And basically, he didn't directly say, I don't think, but he indirectly said, they don't tell as good of a story. Like, they don't focus on that. They're very flashy. Basically a Vader-esque thing, but not to Vader's extent, how Vader uh, ripped on Ricochet Will Ospreay. But not to that level of criticism, Mm -hmm. just like a criticism like, listen, we focus on the stories. So the aspect that this Batista... Triple H match will be focused so much on the story of it. Yeah. I don't like that comment. That's a, that's a, that's a very old school comment. That's a very in the past comment. If that's, if that's what Undertaker thinks, then he clearly has not been watching NXT. He clearly has not been watching the superstars down there. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano is one of, if not the best told story in wrestling over like the past decade. Is, it, is that safe to say, since Shawn Michaels' uh, Undertaker, WrestleMania, those back-to-back manias, there has not been a better story told since, I don't think. Since John... It's it's up there. You got CM, yeah. you got CM Punk, John Cena, Money in the Bank, uh, in that whole Summer of Punk story, but that kind of fell flat. You're, you're talking... To, there's, it's top five, without a doubt. And Undertaker yeah. saying that they can't tell story... Has clearly not been watching that then. Yeah, and I think he was huge on the in-ring storytelling, which which the they do, time, they do so they well. Do, like I, they do. I, I yeah. honestly think that this older, sorry, this older level of wrestlers and that have this mentality of it are like they see these flips in these like athletic news and kind of circus esque on unnecessary things like like the uh, Alistair Black like go to run out and then backflip off the middle rope and sit down right mm-hmm. or the ricochet like handspring backflip whatever and like land down stuff like that like they see those and they're like oh they're not telling a story and i'm like watch the other parts though like mm-hmm. watch and really you can only tell as much of a story as you can in a five ten minute match right and Sometimes also it's tough and also you can only tell so much of a story in a five ten minute match when you're on nxt with only an hour mm-hmm. Right, you're talking about an hour episodic weekly television show that is developmental, and they're trying to get new people on the card at all times, while maintaining mm-hmm. trying to tell a good story, while trying to qualify for only one of five spots on the takeover card that happens only four times a year, sometimes five times a year. There's not a lot of opportunities down in NXT for so-called mm-hmm. storytelling. So how these people get themselves over is by telling the story in the ring with the moves. And isn't that what wrestling's supposed to be about at the end of the day? Not not the character work outside of it, not the Triple H promos, but the wrestling match. 
the match that tell that makes you mark out, that makes you chant, holy shit, that makes you say this is awesome. You don't get that during at least well, you don't always, but you sometimes get it during a promo, but you don't regularly get a this is awesome chant during a promo. No. The promo is to set up the match, which yes, takes storytelling, no doubt about that. But anybody who is going to deliver a hard hitting good match in the ring and tell a good story in the ring is going to matter so much more than a five minute promo to hype you up for that match. Yeah. It, it, it's just, the, it's just basic facts. All right. The last thing that I will say about this before we move on is I like, you know, me, you know, the type of wrestling that I enjoy. My most important part in wrestling is probably the in ring story. Yep. The story of what is happening while they're actually wrestling. Not as much, like, I love promos and I love the character development and that story. And I love the athleticism. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a wild move. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. But for me, the most important part is you, and the matches that I love the most are in-ring stories where I'm like, oh, like the, I'm sorry, I love you. Yes. And the things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those things are what get me as a fan. Like, oh man, that was a good match. And watching these NXT superstars, these athletic guys, the Johnny Garganos, the Tommaso Ciampas, Ricochet, the Velveteen Dream, the like Alistair Black, those things are amazing. Always. They're, like, I didn't even know the storyline leading up to Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. when that match happened. I remember you just telling me, like, basically what's been happening is this. And I'm like, okay, that's not like a huge, like a huge over the top, like overwhelming, amazing story, but whatever. But the storytelling of it in the ring, I was like, oh shit, this is the best match on the card because of what just happened in that ring Mm -hmm. relating to the story and the way that they like. Yeah, I absolutely (sighs) agree, man. And it's also, you know, it's so very difficult when you look at a character like Alistair Black and tell me that is not a character who's going to give you good stories. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a little weird. So, Undertaker, I love you, man, but come on. It's a weird group of people to be targeting about it. Like, not certain other people that are already on the main roster. You know what it, so- what it sounds like? It sounds like a guy just trying to cling on to fame. It's sad to say for the Undertaker there. But going after the young stars of tomorrow, saying that they're not good enough at telling stories when NXT is stealing shows after shows after shows being the talk of the wrestling world, that sounds like a guy who's clinging on to a little bit of uh, yeah. his old school mentality, right? We don't need flimps to get over. He, we can do it with always... straight up character work. Well, I'm sorry. This is the way the wrestling business is gone now. He's always been a bit of a hard ass. Yeah, like, that's true. As far as the wrestling world knows uh, about things. And he, he seems very old school, like doesn't like the change aspect. And shit changes. Like mm-hmm. things it happen. Does. Things change. It's like someone, an old hockey player being like, oh, today's game is too too fast, too soft or yeah, it's too soft. Like they have these amazing handles. They're not as good as we were because they're not as tough. And you're like, the game's changed. They're more athletic. They're more athletic. Use it. It's entertainment that way. That is the perfect segue there. My, or not even segue, but just the perfect reference for uh, Undertaker there. Evolve with the times. Speaking of segue, though, it is a great segue because speaking of athletic, Otis. Okay. There you go. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll roll with that. 
<laughs> Could have done better. Uh, <laughs> heavy machinery, though. I uh, so I'm gonna split this into two. I'm gonna split this in one, focusing on heavy machinery. Two on the raw tag team division. All right. Mm-hmm. Heavy machinery. This was an excellent showcase for them. Fantastic. You know, I uh, they've got a gimmick now. Don't piss off Otis Dojovic. Is that that's his name, right? Otis Dojovic or don't Otis. Otis. Definitely. Don't piss off. So don't piss off Otis. And don't piss off uh, Tucker Knight, right? Tucker Knight's mic skills continue to uh, impress me. I, I like mm-hmm. his mic work. He's sounding really confident on the microphone. Otis surprised me when he went from his, like, oh, yeah, like that weird voice that he does to his soft-spoken mad voice. There is potential there for a tag team. Uh, mm-hmm. A hard-hitting tag team who's entertaining in the ring, who has a gimmick. That is tag team. Mm-hmm. But let's split this onto the other side of the gauntlet matches. Ascension, B team, and who else was in there? Uh Zack Ryder and Hawkins Kurt Hawkins. And Ryder, yeah. yeah. This is your tag team division right now, man. That's on Monday Night Raw. All of the tag teams on Monday you, Night. You're Raw. missing Lucha House Party, uh, you're missing yeah. Revival, and you're missing Chad Rude and Bobby Gable. Uh, yeah, Chad, Chad Rude, Rude and Bobby, Bobby Gable. Gable. I, I wow. did, dude, dude, I did that on the stream, and then I did that also on the following night on the stream. That is the third time I've done that in as many days. That is insane. Bobby Rude uh, and Chad Gable. Oh my god. Yeah, and yeah. one other. I mean, there's I didn't include I didn't include AOP. those other two revival. I didn't include a revival and uh Gable and Rude because they were involved in a segment later. Yes. I forgot about And then Lucha. AOP. AOP. But and like, then AOP's injured See, right like, now, that's so. the thing. Like, we're we're talking about these tag teams, and how many of those we look at and say, all right, I want to see this team versus this team at the pay-per-view, right? There is not much depth to the tag team division, and they just squashed all of your jobbers. All the people yeah. who could, like... Even Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Let's talk about them being a story. All they need is to be built up, get a lucky win, and they have momentum. Because yeah. uh, Kurt Hawkins is losing streak. As soon as that ends, he's going to get a massive pop. When it, oh, wherever yeah, it is, 100%. if they build up to it right, I think it should be at WrestleMania on the kickoff show. <laughs> I legitimately hey, think it should be WrestleMania. Give, give on the Kurt Hawkins show. the win of the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal to end his oh, undefeated. Shit. There you go. That would be a fun pop. That would be wild. Be a fun pop, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like the, there's, you just don't want to bury your entire tag team division. It just showed the the sore state that the tag team division really is in on Monday Night Raw. And they could use a shakeup, and that is undisputed. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I think I think that it's just sad when you look through the division because, like, B team has been champions before, but I don't think that they should win it again, or at least not anytime soon. And the reigns will never mean anything. Yep. Like, be big, right? Gable and Rude are surprisingly better than what we initially thought it was going to be but again they don't have the like from a name brand tag team perspective you have revival mm-hmm. and that's about it aop i guess when they come back right yeah if they're not hurt from the they, the thing is though they they slightly hurt aop beforehand like I know. They, they took away their mystique i know but then when you look at SmackDowns, mm-hmm. look at how many people could win the tag team championships and have it as meaningful reigns, and we would be like, okay, cool. Uh, the bar? 
despite their couple losses the last few weeks. The bar would be good from a name brand perspective only. The bar, Hardy Boys, Usos, New Day. You have four legitimate champions. Sanity and, uh, yeah, and Sanity Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yeah, that's enough, like two teams that have been significantly hurt, mm-hmm. but those two teams, like move those two. What have they been doing? Move those two teams to Raw. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right? agree. Like, Gallows and Anderson, I don't understand. They are so good. Carl Anderson is hands down one of the best sellers WWE has, and his spine buster is a thing of beauty. They know how to work matches. Mm-hmm. They have history over in Japan. They've got the fan base behind them. They've got the diehards and the casuals. They've got their little shtick of nerd. Why aren't they being pushed at all? Right? They've got everything. They check all the boxes. And if it's a crowded SmackDown tag team division, move them to Raw. Mm-hmm. You don't need the shakeup. Right? Like, people won't care. Kevin Owens was on Raw when he got injured. When he came back, he's on SmackDown. Becky Lynch and Charlotte are fighting for the Raw Women. Well, we're going to fight for the Raw Women's Championship at Fastlane. And they're both SmackDown superstars. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, you don't. If it's something like that, where it's a Kevin Owens situation or Gallows and Anderson, where like they haven't been on TV, they're not around, nobody knows where they've been, they can just return at any time. And them returning on Monday Night Raw could be huge. Could be. Right? Like, yeah. I, I would return them as, honestly, I might return them as faces. I would too. Uh, like, with like Balor there, especially in his current role. But, um, oh my God. And especially, oh my God. And Think about this. How easy would it be? They, they're, they're Balor literally, with. there's literally a trio on, oh my God. There's literally a trio on Monday Night Raw who has got issues with Finn Balor. Get them through the Shield match. Have them lose to them. Start going after Finn Balor some more. He's getting beat down. Gallows and Anderson come make the save. Balor Club united. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. WrestleMania match right there. The That Pirates. trio versus Balor Club. Like, that's not hard to book, right? Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, seriously. All right. All we have to say. Let's go on to the, uh, yeah, yeah, the next match. Dean Ambrose versus Elias. We're actually just going to start ripping through these a little bit quicker because we have already talked about these segments. So Dean Ambrose versus Elias. Uh, Elias beat Dean after delivering the high knee to him and then hitting him with the drift away. Another loss for Dean Ambrose. But the story is told that Dean Ambrose really can't do it without the shield. That's what was told tonight, that he kind of needs his brethren. Anything that you got to touch on that match before we move on? Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, I think it makes sense that Dean continues to lose, uh, to me at least. And yeah, I, uh, oh, I, I, you know what? I did like that. They actually allowed Elias to sing a little bit and like play a little bit and Elias, get through a bit of it. I said this and on he, the stream. I, I said this on the stream. It, it's really Elias is the perfect heel act because he's a transitional act. He's one that you can go to commercial break with. He's one that you can come back from commercial break with. He's one that you can send other superstars out there to begin a feud. He's one's like anything with his segment. It's a mix of a talk show, a promo, and a transitional like segment. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. He is the ultimate mid card act. He really is. Um, all right, let's get to the shield. Oh, let's get to the shield reuniting now. Uh, so this was rushed throughout the night. Obviously, with Fastlane coming up, they kind of got rushed back into yeah. uh, the Shield match. 
the, the story kind of was told from a week ago, you know, um, but I, the shield reuniting was a little bit rushed, but regardless, it's, it's going to work. It's going to be fun. We are going to get to see the hounds of justice come on down at fast lane one more time, regardless what happens maybe after the match, during the match or whatever, it's going to be fun to see the shield reunited one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I, I kind of hope Dean turns on Roman and you're kind of hoping that Roman turns on Dean and Seth. Not or hoping. Something. I just, I, I wouldn't be. Well, you're hoping he punches a kid. <laughs> I wasn't hoping. I said if they were going to do it, it would be right now. You just want to see some kids punched in the face. I don't. See, see Bob? See Bob? I don't. I love children. I'm a loving uncle of many children. I, I adore children. I, you know, they're free, their imagination and whatnot. But I just think that from a biz, what is best for business. He's seeing a kid get punched in the face. No, 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 no. Is if they were going to have Roman turn (laughs) heel and it's not him betraying the shield. He's betraying a little kid. To have him betray a leukemia patient who happens <laughs> to be a Make-A-Wish Foundation child who happens to be a child. So next we had Tamina Snuka beating Sasha Banks. Oh, man. It's almost as bad as seeing a kid get punched in the face. That was... uh. Not yeah, good. Yeah, was not. That's our I, transition right there. There we go. I literally right here, man, look at this. On my notes, it says Sasha Banks Tamina. That, that's a terrible way to spell Tamina. But anyways, it says yikes. That's yikes. literally all I wrote down for it. It's just yikes. It was bad. When was the last time Tamina had a singles win? I don't know. I honestly I, couldn't tell you. You know what about it, though? I From... The stand, I I did not like the match at all. I put a check mark beside it, meaning like I it was good, quote unquote, for the aspect of booking because they want to book Sasha and Bailey as the. Uh, you trying to get rid of me? Nope, I am not. Sorry. <laughs> They're trying to book Sasha and Bailey as the babyface underdog people right mm-hmm. and tamina and naya as the powerhouse mean heel whatever mm-hmm. from that aspect have them lose the individual one-on-one matches i get it but from the name of tamina thank you versus the name of sasha banks a wow sasha's like a four-time champion is she yeah, yeah. four-time women's champion something like that and one of the best female wrestlers probably of all time because mm-hmm. this current roster is holds seven of the greatest female wrestlers of all time. Jeez. Yeah, I, so, I agree with that. Like literally in the top 10 of female wrestlers of all time in ring aspect, There's, I think seven of them are. This is the best. Era. This is the best class that WWE yeah. has ever had in terms of women's star power. And yeah, without a doubt. So, from that aspect, I'm like, why is Tamina beating Sasha Banks? But, and I hated it. I literally like started to draw a down arrow to be like, I, it was down. I hated it. And then I was like, wait, put yourself in a Booker's shoes from the aspect of heel beating face on Monday Night Raw so that the face team can win on the pay-per-view 
and retain their titles against this powerhouse heel team? Sure. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Do I like it? Hell no. All right. Good. <laughs> That's all I need to hear was the hell no. Yeah. Revival. No. Did you want to say anything on that shitty situation of a match? Uh, <laughs> all I got to say is I wrote down yikes for Tamina beats Banks. I wrote down double yikes for that whole SNL segment. <laughs> So uh, that's all oh, I got to say with that. Yeah. I didn't understand. I love Michael Che and Colin Joes, and I, I, it's cool, whatever. I don't like this character that they've given Jost. Let's, so let's not dissect guy. this. We're not dissecting this. It so was dumb. absolute crap. The irony of an actor asking if WWE is fake will never leave me. Come on. <laughs> it, come on. All right. Let's go to Revival versus Black and Ricochet. I gave this a standing ovation because the booking is finally on par where it needs to go. Yeah. You finally address the situation why <laughs> Chad Rude and Bobby Gable. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, why, why Bobby Rude and Chad Gable were left in the dark for this. You know, at least now the writers are realizing, oh yeah, we kind of skipped them, didn't we? We, we kind of just put them in against the very top guys and just said, ah, you don't need to worry about the former champs at all. Thus turning them heel, I believe, with that attack. I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. It's, um, Bobby Roode as a, uh, as a heel is going to be fantastic. Chad Gable's actually a really good heel as well. Yeah, um, when he was with Benjamin as a heel, it was mm-hmm. solid. Yep, very solid work. So I'm excited to see that. We got some characters now in the that tag team division. You know, I, And also, I'm going to say this about Aleister Black and Ricochet. I, I will apologize because from the start, I was not a fan of the idea of putting them together. You know that. Uh, we were talking about the Dusty yeah, Rhodes Classic. Yeah, just go back and listen and watch last week's podcast. Yeah, it was literally just a week ago. They, they've, been, they've been gelling in the ring together, and I'm watching, mm-hmm. and they have... And since now, it's they haven't really been promoting Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa at all. Do have you heard about Tommaso Ciampa's injury? Yeah. yeah. Um. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, do, like so they haven't been promoting them. So they've been focusing on Ricochet and Aleister Black as a tag team. And since they have lost the other two NXT call ups, this is okay because now they're not being lumped into four people being called up from NXT, being interchanged in matches, not really mattering what's in the match. Now these two guys have a future tag team title opportunity. Mm-hmm. They they have a story. They have a move in the center of the ring where, like, where Black did his backflip and Ricochet does his back handspring into whatever it was and landing at the exact same time. They look like they're starting to gel as a team, and I mm-hmm. do apologize for doubting where they were going with that because I, I enjoyed it this week and I'm okay admitting that I was wrong. Yeah. I I thought... I, I don't know. I liked the segment. I thought, obviously, Ricochet and Aleister Black weren't going to beat Revival on Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. for the titles. They shouldn't at all. Early. Like, Revival but, should be the ones to win this uh, upcoming Sunday. Yeah. 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 But I, I also like it because rooting... Uh, Chad Rude and Bobby Gable, as you say, <laughs> can take the fall, mm-hmm. can take the fall. And I don't think it's going to hurt them necessarily. And you can still build to now a rivalry between them and Revival. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, revival need, the Revival need a big win. At the end yeah. of the day, the Revival need a big win. They've lost far too much to yeah. really be taken credible at this point. So... Let's give them a big win over two premier teams. 
right there. Like yeah. Alistair Black and Ricochet have all the momentum in the world right now. Chad Chad Rude and Bobby Gable, they have a uh I did it out on purpose. They they've got some momentum now with the recent heel turn. You know, but the time is for Revival to finally pick up a meaningful highlight win. They need it. Yep. All right. Uh All right, last segment. Yeah. Ronda Rousey finally turning it. heel. Oh my it. god, heel yes. The tights. Mm-hmm. She has her own tights now finally. They, they must be awesome. listening to the podcast. How often Literally. have we focused on her attire? Like we we have said that you know her attire needs to be changed to something. They did it and she turns mm-hmm. heel. I loved every bit of this segment. I loved the heel ideology of Ronda Rousey giving up the title and then coming back a week later saying, no, I was just giving you a week to think about it. What a heel. What a heel. Yeah. She, she did everything. Uh, heel. She hit on that stuff. She hit on her opponents. She hit on like the universe being like, you guys booed me. And she snapped. She snapped. You "You guys are cheering for Becky when like this. And it's like, I've tried to be good. And I'm like, Oh shit! This is how we get the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. Heal Rhonda, and I also love the aspect that now Becky is the only again. Assuming that we're gonna get the triple threat match at Mania. Yep. I love that Becky is the only face in that match. Me too. It makes it very easy booking uh, for it makes Becky the Lynch. Climb much much better too to overcome. Yep. Because we gotta we gotta remember also like as as. I've been seeing online people are crapping, starting to crap all over the story as WWE fans do, right? But yeah. you got to also remember we need another month of TV for these these people, right? Like these women mm-hmm. right now, they need another month of TV. It's a long build. It's a long build. It's It's been built all the way since Survivor Series, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a long, long build, and you can only get there so long by keeping things as status quo, Right. I'm sorry, but Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda, with just the the feel that they had beforehand, was not going to make it all the way to WrestleMania. Now we have new life in the story. Now we have a new character. Now we have a heel Ronda Rousey. And I think that's going to yeah. push it all the way to uh, to WrestleMania. And at this point, it is obviously almost written in stone that Becky Lynch is going to win that title, right? It, it's yeah. It's going to be a big backlash if she doesn't. But yeah, for that win. reason, for that reason, what if, if the plan is all along that they are pushing Becky's inevitable title win even further past WrestleMania, mm-hmm. what are they thinking? Maybe the four horsewomen debut and cost them both the match at WrestleMania and you have an uber heel in Ronda Rousey standing at the end of the show where Becky Lynch was supposed to win. Yeah. I mean, like, every bit of me likes to see a feel-good story for the WrestleMania main event, but how do you get another year's worth of television? How do you get people called up? How do you bring up, like, this epic, epic feud? Closing out WrestleMania, there's, that's the best way to do it. That will get people talking. Mm-hmm. I still would like to see Becky Lynch win. I still want to see her climb to the top be yep. successful. I think that's the right story, and I don't think they should deviate from that. But you can't help but think... There's an opportunity there. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on that segment? Oh, he's going to go for coffin. No, no, no. no I'm good. <laughs> All right. 
cool. So, let's go on over to SmackDown Live 2019, March 5th. Uh, so, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens, this show started out... <laughs> you said that was I know, so weird. I read it very weird. Just ignore me, man. It's been another long day. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, give me your thoughts on Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens' segment to start off the show. I liked it. I like that uh, Daniel Bryan with his vest looked like a young Zeb Coulter. Oh, I didn't even uh, notice that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he just he legitimately did. Just like, actually, I noticed it later when he was sitting on commentary. I was like, yeah, that vest makes him look like Zeb Coulter. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I like it. KO's face turn is going well. Uh, I love the aspect that we're getting a face KO because mm-hmm. I think before he even got injured, I was intrigued to see him as a face because we've only really seen him as a heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's been in the limelight and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I want to see a face KO, see what he's capable of. And he's doing well. He's, I don't know. I just like the character. I love Daniel Bryan's been great. Obviously. I love that Rowan got some mic time. Yes, me too. Love I was that. like, I literally made a note. I was like, Rowan mic time. Yep. Because like, he's there. Let him talk. If he's the intellectual that you're saying he is, let him speak. Exactly. Don't just make him the big. Give him a character. Let him talk. Again, Give him a... characters. And I, I yep. thought it was awesome. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I loved that. There's the heel aspect of Daniel Bryan coming out and pitching and throwing to a promo package. Yeah. Just literally. Like, meteoric rise and then just fall. points. Just points to the. That was an amazing uh, little detail. Didn't need to say a word to start the promo. Just points to the Titantron. What a I dick. Just thought it was, I just thought it was brilliant to be like, God, he is an asshole he really is he's a dick i gotta float Uh, something by you here man i gotta ask you a little something about uh some potential booking that could happen fatal four-way well maybe so i'm I'm more talking about a potential return that could throw uh throw these plans a little bit haywire what if because i'm not sure did you see Sami Zayn interacting with daniel bryan on twitter over a little bit yeah, so Sami Zayn has been interacting with Daniel Bryan over about the last couple months since Daniel Bryan turned heel. And he has been reposting some of his stuff with some own comments. Sami Zayn is very much an intellectual like Daniel Bryan. He is very much an intellectual like the supposed character of Eric Rowan. They are very much both for the planet. They are very much both heels. What if... Sami Zayn comes back to cost Kevin Owens the match at Fastlane, setting up a WrestleMania match, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Ooh. Is that something that would be maybe possible? I mean, I just, I know how good of matches those guys can put on mm-hmm. forever in their careers. It, like anytime you're like, you know, we're just going to do a Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens match. I'm going to be fine with it. Anytime we see a Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa match, I'm going to be fine with it. There's a few connections i will say because they're not rivalries sometimes they are some andrade ray <laughs> andrade ray yeah. but i'm like give me all give me that match forever yeah and fight forever one, right fight forever, yeah that's yeah. one of them that i'm like yeah i will 100 percent watch any Sami Zayn, even when they're in other matches just together like that uh money in the bank match that they were in that was my favorite portion of it like my favorite mini match i guess of it was like when they were going head to head you know what always put on great matches i'm fine with it do it i love sammy i love ko love it when they're working together whether it's together or against each other 
uh, do it. I don't care. I'm fine with that. And I, I would get to a one-on-one match between Kofi and Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. rather than maybe. The, the, the there's still triple threat. There's still Mustafa Ali who got entered yeah. into it, which makes me that's think, where I thought maybe yeah. a fatal four way or something. And that's where my mind also went. Like so, you know, like you could do a triple threat also, like because I think it's entirely possible, man. Like we've been saying all along that this spot might have been meant for Mustafa Ali. I legitimately thought it was going to be. And would nobody's gonna be mad of a Kofi Kingston, Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan. WrestleMania triple threat. That has money ladder written all match. over it. Ladder match. Please. Ladder let matches. Kofi, Please. Let Kofi literally oh. climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. I, I love ladder matches. I don't care where it is. I just want to see one on the card at WrestleMania. Just one. Please. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. On. Yeah, let's you move on then. That? Yeah, I'm good with that. So, let's go Miz. to Miz and Jey Uso. Uh, solid match right with the right outcome. There's yeah. not much more to say. We had some outside uh, shenanigans with Shane McMahon uh, attacking Jimmy Uso. It was fine. You know, the promo beforehand yeah. was fine. I, I'm sold on this match as much as I can be for a team of Miz and Shane, right? Like, it, again, it feels like Shane is probably going to turn on Miz. They keep mm-hmm. focusing so much on the fact that mm-hmm. it's his hometown. He's going to make his dad proud. He's going to make Shane proud. It feels like something's going to happen. I, I don't yeah. know if that's going to be Miz turning. I don't know if that's going to be Shane turning. But something's going to happen in this match, and Usos are going to walk out as the tag team champs. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something. Hardy Boys versus Usos at WrestleMania? That would be it. That would be a good match. Yeah, right? Two eye flyers, legendary yeah. team, tag team titles on the line. Yeah. Eh, maybe. <laughs> do uh do a best team in the world versus best team of all time type match? Yeah, there you go, something like that. Yeah, the USO penitentiary. Uso's, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! The amount of jokes that they would make on that build about the Hardys past and the USO penitentiary. Oh yeah. yikes! All right, oh, Jeff, you're used to that, right? <laughs> yeah, you've been locked down before, right, Matt? Both like, have oh, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah, no, I thought it was good. The Usos will never cut a bad promo, never. I don't think. And just a side quick note, I was I had a nice chuckle where they're like just ripping on them, like they think this and they think that, and then he's like they walking around like he's got a better shoe game than us, and he just leans <laughs> over. He's like, no, nah, like he actually does though, like for real. Yeah, it's been for a few years. He's got a way better shoe game than us. He's like, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the Usos, their uh, their connection in that ring, obviously, you know, being twins, they, it's it's just such a great promo how they bounce off each other. I love their yeah. promos. Like you said, they can never deliver great. a bad one. Speaking of never delivering a bad match, Rey Mysterio and Almas took place in a tri- uh, fatal four-way match against Samoa Joe and the champion R-Truth. The United States title was on the line. Love the way they set up the segment because I've always thought that's a, a plot hole with the open challenges. Why is there mm-hmm. not a bunch of people running out to the ring trying to get there first? Or why is oh, there... Yeah, I'll get mine next week. Yeah. <laughs> like... No, like, you, if you've got an open challenge, why is there not a lineup, like, crazy, and it's like a sprint to the ring, right? Like, so I love seeing that multiple people came out for the challenge. I loved our truce character for a couple weeks of trying to make John Cena proud. Um, so, where I think this is going, with Samoa Joe picking up the win there... A week ago, I thought, you know, something different of a, some sort of ladder match for the uh, United States title. 
now that Samoa Joe has the championship and the recent focus on R-Truth trying to make John Cena proud, I'm feeling a John Cena versus Samoa Joe for the U.S. title at WrestleMania. Hmm. What do you think about that? Not bad. I, um, there's definitely that possibility. There's also the possibility of Mustafa Ali. Yes. For Joe, because they already had, like, Joe's the one who took him out, essentially, right? Like, uh, yeah. well, not, I guess, Rowan, but, like, Joe has had this rivalry with Ali that never really got to conclude because mm-hmm. he was out. So there's that possibility. Um, I don't know that John's going to be in New York WrestleMania weekend. I don't know. There's nothing on the card. All Maybe I know is that Joe has uh, an open challenge, but I don't know why a heel yeah. would have an open challenge. All I know. Unless he's just like, I can take out anyone. I don't care who you are. Like, come on. And then it's John Cena. Mm-hmm. But it- again, Joe would should win. You should. When it comes to John Cena, I only know the one thing about him here with WrestleMania weekend is that he was originally set to face Lars Sullivan at the show. So Mm -hmm. they had him penciled in a long time ago for the show and that fell through. So something tells me he's going to have some sort of match at the show again, or at least some sort of appearance. And if it's against Samoa Joe, man, that would be a match. I think a lot of people consider a dream match. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it would be huge. Have we seen it before? I, I don't believe so, right? Uh, maybe in like tag aspects. John but, Cena uh, versus Samoa Joe. Let's see. Back when John Cena was a superstar in TNA. Yeah, no, there was, there's literally been never that match. Yeah. So that no, is a there's... first time ever match at WrestleMania. No, like one on one, that's the first time ever. I'm not sure about like tag aspect or anything. Well, yeah, like I'm just that, trying to think because know. Samoa Joe spent, you know, his ring of honor is TNA while John Cena was essentially hunkering down WWE. There is yeah. no crossover there ever, right? And that's No. no. That makes me interested. Uh, I like first time ever matches at WrestleMania. Makes it feel big. And I like I also like that Joe won a title. I love Joe. Yes, yeah. Going back to Joe, congratulations to Samoa Joe winning that title. His promo after made him feel like he is the most dangerous he's been since his rivalry with Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, or maybe let's say Samoa, uh, Samoa Joe AJ Styles. Let's go to that feud as opposed to Brock Lesnar. So he just kept losing in that feud. And I'm like, yeah. man, yeah, he sounds dangerous. He feels dangerous, but he just keeps losing. Mm-hmm. Now he's won. Yep, it's definitely like, good. Yes. I'm excited for the future there. Let's quickly touch on Black and Ricochet. Yeah, Black and Ricochet taking on the bar here. Right result winning this one. The bar is putting other people over. Uh, Again, be careful how often the bar is going to be losing. We we said this Mm -hmm. last week. Let's be careful. Let's not give him another loss next week, right? Take him off TV no, for a week 100%. or two. Yeah, take yep. him off TV. Do not yep. let them lose again. Yep, I, I 100% agree there. I, I think next week what we're going to get is we're going to get a bar and Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Aleister Black, Ricochet, and the Hardy Boys. I think we're going to get eight-man tag team match next week to kind of make yeah. up for this weird attacking thing that happened at the end. Um, Yeah, so anyways, uh, to go with that, though, this just shows the depth of the SmackDown Live tag team division compared to Raw. Yeah. The four teams in that ring compared to the four teams of Heavy Machinery uh, and the Jobbers, that's night and day. It's, n- mm-hmm. it's not even close. SmackDown kills the Raw tag team division. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think this confirms also that Rusev and Nakamura are going to be a tag team moving forward. 
This is like the yeah. first real confirmation, you know, a couple weeks after their thing where they have actually come out and attacked together. So it looks like that's a new yeah. tag team as well, which is a solid tag team, you know? That's a solid Two tag team. Two guys that are great yeah. and needed to do something. Mm -hmm. But speaking, speaking of WWE needing to do something, they need to do something with these crap under-a-minute matches like Naomi Way versus Mandy quick. Rose. Way too quick, especially because of their history. Exactly. I was like, God damn it, WWE, you... Be quick at, you're a goldfish like they're literally a goldfish because they have the shortest memory span ever it's like oh remember three weeks ago when this was a hot feud, like, hot feud yeah. every week on smackdown and now you're just like and eh, now we moved on from that we're gonna have mandy beat naomi in 13 seconds for no reason and then uh naomi will just be there down I, I like I put it down beside it. I didn't like the match. It was almost like the other the one on Raw. I didn't like the match. I thought it was stupid. I liked Asuka attacking them after, mm -hmm. but it was like just way too short. Here when I am. I liked Mandy should win, yes. Mm -hmm. But in like a minute against Naomi. We're talking Come on. we're talking twelve minutes plus needed for this match to even remotely get over the fact that Mandy Rose should be taking as a legitimate threat against Asuka. This is a fluke win what you look at. It, short wins don't benefit people you're trying to build up unless it's right at the very start. Squash matches Or unless it's someone like yeah, like a yeah. Braun Strowman. Yeah. Or... Like squash matches don't work when it's not believable. They, they just yeah. don't. There's no way Mandy Rose should be beating Naomi in that quick amount of time. Naomi's a former women's champion. She's one of the most Especially athletic women on the roster. She's fantastic. And when we know how athletic she is, it's fucking ridiculous. And we've seen these two also fight before. It's mm. not like this is their first time fighting, right? We've seen these two fight before, and they're, they're having us try to make us believe that Mandy Rose could beat Naomi in that quick of time. But then, yeah. but then after the segment, they undid all of that. Yeah, you brought Asuka back to TV, but you undid even the crap, crap booking that you just did because what do you remember? What's the final go-home moment? Asuka standing over top of Naomi, or not Naomi, over Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. That's and your final too, moment. Naomi looked back like smiling at Asuka like I get it they used to be like kind of a tag teaming thing but like it's just so dumb it, it's, it was really dumb that. yeah really dumb so all I gotta say though also with that though it was yeah. nice to see Asuka return though they yeah. like nice to see and Asuka to know that back. she was healthy because there was a couple nights ago at that live show yeah the uh, clip of her going down and getting like helped backstage so the worry of like Oh, is she is she hurt? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very scary. Put up a fight. Mm -hmm. So at least you know it is good to see that she's good. But also, like, do, do you think they put the title on Mandy? They very well could. I think they are gonna. I would not be surprised. Oh, I would okay. not be surprised putting the title onto Mandy Rose and then going into WrestleMania and then trying to do some sort of Sonya Deville Mandy Rose feud. When, I'd be okay with it. I'd be okay with Try it. But here's also the thing: you you don't. To do that, you got to take the title off Oscar, and, and that's, that's not shit. the choice to be doing it. Not right now. the The women's division is not strong enough at this very moment on SmackDown 
to be trying a new champion like Mandy Rose. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it. It just doesn't. She doesn't have the the challengers. That feels right? like a SummerSlam thing. I'd agree. Yeah, that feels like a summer thing. You know, new champions like the Carmella. Like, how about Mandy Rose from Money in the Bank, Miss Money in the Bank, and she cashes in shortly after. Miss Mandy in the Bank. Miss Mandy in the Bank. You know, uh, uh, yeah. I was trying to think of something clever, but I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> With something Sonya like that. Turns- Sonya turns face and changes her name to Sonya de Good. <laughs> KO defeated Rowan via disqualification because Daniel Bryan interfered. Yeah. Uh, and then they tag teamed up on him. And then Mustafa Ali returned. Return. Yes, welcome back, Mustafa. Nice to see. I totally, I totally thought Sami Zayn was interfering in this match. That we're gonna come make the save. The way it was being built up, that felt like such a Sami well, Zayn return, didn't it? <laughs> especially, especially with the comment on the opening segment of the night where Daniel, you have Ryan no said, friends. You have no friends. Yep. And Kevin Owens is like, sure, I have no friends. And then later, like, oh no, he's got one friend. He's though. got Mustafa Ali. So like, no, I yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be Sami Zayn though, and be like. Yeah, same. Sammy, I it, it totally that? it felt like it was gonna be a Sami Zayn moment, and then I don't know. Part of me just kind of was hoping that Sami Zayn was gonna debut here, and then like he, or not debut, come back, return, and he like Kevin Owens would be getting beat down or whatever, tr- pretending that he's gonna go fight, and then he just turns right on Owens and starts beating him down and joins Brian. Like I thought yeah. that would have been a really cool trio of Brian, uh, Rowan, and uh, Sami Zayn, but. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. At least Mustafa Ali has Kevin Owens back, and that puts Kevin Owens uh, and Mustafa Ali right in the WWE title picture, obviously. Yeah. So it's it's good. Uh, Mustafa Ali right where he belongs because he's entertaining as hell. So good he's to see him awesome. in the main event. Uh, or at least pretty much the main event. Let's go on to the Becky Charlotte segment, though. <coughs> and I think this is one of those segments that wasn't needed with the way that Monday Night Raw kind of ended. It, it probably should have ended the show with Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens uh, yeah. standing tall. I do it, like that they ended Raw and SmackDown with the women's title. I do, I do. Thing, but the but... only the only thing is there, though, is the Raw segment was so much better than the SmackDown one, right? And I enjoyed the SmackDown one still, though. Did you? With, with Becky Lynch no-selling the complete vicious beating of Ronda Rousey the night before? You know, I don't know. I, I, I Okay, hang on. I enjoyed the aspect of Becky putting Charlotte in the disarmor and, like, refuse it, literally getting dragged off her. Okay, that was fun. Yes, that was definitely fun. But she shouldn't be able to hold on that tight. She's got a, fum, a, a bum knee, and she, her arms just about got broken last night. She's got bruised ribs. How is she hanging on to the disarmor? And while people are one tough son of a bitch, I'm telling you, I I don't want to nitpick the story. Tough sob. I don't want to nitpick the story, but we just—it's not a segment that was needed, you know. It especially when that time was taken away from Naomi and Mandy Rose, where uh, that segment was not needed because of how Monday Night Raw left us. Charlotte cowering away from Becky Lynch as Ronda Rousey was beating her up—that's all the story you need going into the the match at Fastlane. You didn't need any more. Becky's revenge could have been come on fastly, not now. Yeah. Right? I guess the only way from a promo standpoint of building the actual fast lane match, they need because it was so yeah. rushed, mm-hmm. they needed a second segment of just those two. I but, yeah, I get I get that. So 
it, it's one of those segments that you know where you, you sometimes say less is more. The the hype with Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte was really really high after Monday Night Raw. Can't say the same after SmackDown Live. Like obviously everybody's still gonna love the match. We're still gonna tune in. It's gonna be an awesome feud going right into it. And we're just nitpicking along the way. But it's just still one of those things that you know stands out in your mind. Like yeah, I wish the time would have been given to someone else. You know, like Naomi yeah. and Mandy Rose. The, the if these women are getting time on Raw for the Raw Women's Championship. Let's give time for the SmackDown Women's Championship on SmackDown. Quick note, I will say before we, uh, I say my match of the week and my MVP, which I've already announced, um, the, the arm bar on Monday Night Raw that Ronda put Becky into, it was the first arm bar that was an actual yes, arm bar. Yes, it was. And it looked vicious, and I was like, kudos to Becky, kudos to Ronda. That's an armbar. Like, as a person, like an MMA fan as well, watching and going, Oh, I know what an armbar should look mm-hmm. like and what would really hurt. Like, everything the, the hips into the elbow, the thumb up, like thrust, the lift. I'm like, That's an armbar that could break your arm. Yep. I like that little not detail. The weird, not the weird shoulder pull armbar that she was doing. Mm hmm. Yeah, like, I, like I, that's no, pretty that's awesome. It's pretty awesome to see that it, all it took was a heel turn for Ronda Rousey to unlock mm-hmm. the more vicious armbar of hers. Like, mm-hmm. if that was their plan all along, massive kudos to WWE because then they really thought long term. Like that, yeah. that is one thing where us as wrestling fans, we nitpick the stories and we nitpick the matches that happen, but to come up with these things. And to build the actual stories, there's a reason why these guys get paid the big bucks, right? And to think long term. And to think long term. If one writer was in the writer in the backstage was like, okay, you know what we're gonna do, Rhonda? You're gonna have an arm bar. But it's not gonna be a super vicious looking arm bar until you turn heel. And that will be the yeah. moment that everybody learns the real Rhonda Rousey is here. If they thought that far in advance, kudos kudos i also i also wonder if it's also maybe on like ronda and becky like maybe ronda's been like listen i don't want to legitimately break anyone's arms so i'm gonna do this kind of like still it would probably still hurt a little bit but it's Mm -hmm. not an arm bar right like a legitimate break your arm arm bar Mm -hmm. um and i wonder if any of it was becky just going like ronnie put me in that legitimate arm bar make it look like my elbow's about to snap the wrong way mm-hmm. did you see the uh the post uh raw brawl between them where ronda came nope. back down so after raw went off the air ronda came back down and was delivering essentially shoots like uh, uh, she was shoot fighting it seemed like in the ring and part of me wondered if this was to do with the tweet, you know, that she, uh, the, the Twitter war that they had where Ronda Rousey bounced back by saying, Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. Next time I see you, I'm beating the living shit out of you. Right. And Mm -hmm. part of me thinks was Ronda Rousey was Ron Ron actually pissed off because Becky definitely, she went a little far on Twitter. Just, just a smidge. Right. And you see the, uh, the Tyler Breeze and Luke, Harper stuff. No, I didn't. What was? Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Maybe I did. Refresh the viewers. I I guess the uh like the rest. I don't know. Certain people in the back, yeah, uh, in the background in the locker room aren't really taking to liking how um 
how much freedom they're getting, I guess, on social media. Because a while ago, I guess, CM Punk had to remove a tweet a while back that said the word shit in it. Mm -hmm. And was like, fine or something like that. So it's like, oh, I guess, and Tyler Breeze said something. Oh, I guess that uh, we can pretty much say anything now. Yeah, I did see that. (laughs) And then he's like, at Luke Harper, next time I see you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. (laughs) And then Luke Harper replied... You should definitely pick someone who's actually on TV. <laughs> oh! Oh my god! Oh man, oh. it was brilliant. Wow. Was, I was like, wow. And they're saying Rowan's an intellectual. Yeah. Harper is intellectual. <laughs> Jesus, man. And again, that's just that's proof how good social media can be for wrestlers. Like. Yeah. Let's. I and I truly, truly think this. As we're starting to wind down here on the podcast, I truly believe that the only reason why more feuds aren't being told over social media is because Vince McMahon is still not quite. He he's got that generational gap, right, with social media, and the fact that fans have such an easy access to learning about the business now. Mm-hmm. The fact that everything is reported on. I think you're going to see the business start to shift where they are releasing tweets, where they're releasing news to work us even more. And we're going to find in the next couple years that the news that we start to see online is going to be so blurred. We aren't going to know what's really news anymore and what is really a work. And they're going to go back to maintaining kayfabe by protecting the business by not maintaining kayfabe. You know, if yeah. that makes sense. By they're, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, they're going to break the fourth wall a little bit more. We saw it with the Triple H uh, already. We've seen it with the uh, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. I would not be surprised if they start focusing on the fact that, you know, some stuff are characters, but when we want to drive home a point, we're bringing out the real names. We're not afraid to do that anymore. When uh, there's there's some controversy going on, we're going to have them tweet about it. We're going to tell the story over Twitter, and you need to have Twitter to be up to date on the story now to be a hardcore wrestling fan. That's yep. that's the direction that it's going to go in over the next couple of years. You're going to see more superstars start to use it, especially now that you've seen Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey get their feud over over on Twitter. It's going to be more of a thing moving forward, and to me, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, I got to run, and I know that you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, so, to. really quickly. Match of the week. Yep, match of the week yeah. for me. Fatal yes, four-way. Fatal four-way, both of us. Mm-hmm. It was just, the, you can't go wrong with the wrestlers in the ring. Uh, I like the title change. I do, and based on the rest of the matches throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah, miles above it. Uh, Performer of the week, you said yours was Triple, Triple H. H. just that promo, like, ugh. Yep, and for me, mine's Ronda Rousey because of the heel turn. I loved her heel turn. It was two people, excellent. Our MVPs of the week are two people that didn't wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to show sometimes story, maybe maybe Undertaker's onto something. Stories do yeah. still have a spot in wrestling. And we might just have uh, gone back on everything we said earlier. Uh, <laughs> anyways, though. Except for me. <laughs> yeah, except for you. Con Man likes to controversize. Oh, my God. Can't even speak. Anyways, we're getting off the air. Controversy creates cash. There we go. Uh, I've been Con. I've been Bob. You can find me on Twitter at Conman167. Where can we find you? Bob's Wrestling. B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Bob's Wrestling. B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. And again, everything is down in the description below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've been Con. 
I've been Bob and I'm taking this hat off. <laughs> and that was the Con and Bob podcast. <laughs>